Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. And this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And we also talk about the conversion side of the equation as well. I am alongside my awesome virtual co-host, Kasim Aslam. How are you, buddy? I'm living the dream, Ralph. How you doing? You know, you don't sound like you're living the dream. You sound a little low today. Is it, like, yeah, is it we, cold we out there? You, Ralph. It was oh, rough. Oh, that's it. It was rough. Blow to the ego. Well, we, I mean, you were just riding high for so many I needed to be taken shows. down. Yeah. Yeah. This was, this was coming. And it's not an unfair review. That's the problem. Oh. The criticism is, is something that I, you know, anytime anybody says levels criticism at you and you're like, yeah, that's true. That's that's <laughs> that's the ones that hurt the most. <laughs> I'd love to say it isn't true, but I admit yeah. that I do have that fault. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because when there is, you know, any sort of criticism levied at myself or yours truly or like just in general, I tend to really like think about it like, wow, especially if it's mm. not just you know, wild banter, crazy person, like every now and then, and my VP of marketing actually wants me to send this to, to him. But like I do a broadcast email pretty much every single day during the week to our list. And sometimes I get the strangest responses back from our list. Like something like, it's like, what, what, like, it's just a crazy person talking. I try, uh, it's happened like three or four times. I'm like, you can click unsubscribe. It's all right. Yeah. I'm not going to be offended. You don't have to insult me, my mother, my wife, and my kids, like all in an email. <laughs> like, what did I do? That was so horrible. Um, I use a lot of gifts in my emails, and like he didn't like the gifs. Too many Homer Simpson gifs, Gossip. There's no such thing as too I, many Homer. Simpson I didn't gifts. think so either. But you know, yeah. apparently, jokes. Jokes aside, I think the Simpsons are maybe the closest thing we have to to modern day philosophy. Mm. Right? Like, like since I don't know when. Where would you draw the line, Schopenhauer? Like, there has been no real philosophers brought forth except maybe the Simpsons in South Park. Mm. Well, I would submit Family Guy is a uh, is another philosopher whether or not. There you go. <laughs> That's fair. But you know, and, and Family Guy is kind of just the Simpsons remake, yeah, isn't it? Really I mean, it's, it's just a slightly dirtier version of how they get away with some of that stuff on network TV. I never know. It's but, amazing. Yeah, but uh um, yeah. And I unfortunately exposed my kids at too early of an age. Don't ever do this cuz you've got like young kids. Don't don't play family guy for them ever and or let them see it oh i've already made so many mistakes oh. man i'm just a horrible horrible father can I, I've, can I tell you a story about bad parenting sure okay so i'm at the grocery store and i've got two little boys and they're they're now four and six but at the time i think they were like three and five ish and one of them i don't remember exactly what happened but one of them i think was putting like a little bag of m&ms in his pocket <laughs> he was about to steal he was about to steal the m&ms 
And from behind me, um, <laughs> my eldest son goes, Daddy, Ronan's stealing M&Ms. And I turn around, and, and we're in line, and there's this, this slightly older woman behind us. And instead of me turning around saying, Ronan, don't steal M&Ms, I turn around and I say, Sammy, don't rat out your brother. <laughs> And, and this woman looks at me like, is, this, is the, this is the set of values? And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Like, also don't steal M&Ms, but first and yeah, foremost. Yeah, not your brother first. Yeah. Yeah. You should, you should be on lookout, kid. What are you doing? What the hell? Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll have a shoplifting conversation or a lecture a little bit later <laughs> when we get home. Oh, my God. That's good. Well, that, well all right. So this is, your, this is your time to sort of, you're bearing your soul here and you're parenting, but also... Uh, let's read the review and, and, you know, this is just, this is an example of you just being an upstanding co-host, just, you know, taking the blows here, the body blows in style and moving on and learning from it. This is a kidney shot, Ralph. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I can, I can live with being a bad father, but being a bad podcaster, that's untenable. Right, yeah. There's, yeah. I mean, come that on. actually that matters. The ring thing, come yeah. on. It's not really that important. Yeah. The world has tons of kids. Yeah. Like, someone's going to be okay. There will be a president, and mine don't need to make it. Right. It's fine. Right. Exactly. Yeah. President um, Aslam. The review. The review. So, what is it? Come From, hit me with it. So, first of all, the title of this reviewer is e-commerce junkie, which I which lends some credibility mm-hmm. to what it is that they're saying because they're sure. clearly uh, believable parties. Let's say. And the title is was better with Molly. And that's the most hurtful part because that's true. Like there's no question that I'm the poor man's Molly Pittman. You know, I, I learned from Molly. I watched all of her, her courses. She started as an intern, had this amazing career, you know, basically taught all of his Facebook ads for in, the, in the very beginning with her certification that paid traffic cert. I don't think there's a digital market on the planet that hasn't seen it. And now she's the CEO of what smart marketer. Smart marketer. Yeah, she's the CEO of like one of the best, most recognizable marketing firms. So Def was better than Molly, no question. I hand it to you. Mm-hmm. But it, it goes on, Ralph. It didn't stop there. All right. E-commerce junkie with one star. Not even – and that star is probably for you, Ralph. Like the, the four that we're lacking <laughs> are, are, are for me. You're being generous. Uh, new co-host is a hack that only runs Google shopping ads, yet on podcast acts like he's so much more sophisticated. <laughs> That, and that that's also like all I do is run Google ad. Now I run more than Google shopping. There's like Google search display, YouTube, search. but I don't think e-commerce junkie is going to let me get away with that. So yeah, yeah, that one hurts. Yeah, it does hurt. And we're sort of defeating the purpose of doing this. Like we want positive reviews, but I think it's actually, it's more fun to get the, the one star reviews if they are in there. Uh, if they're in there. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah. we want honest reviews maybe not quite that honest but the point is, is uh if you want to leave a uh, honest review we will read it here and you'll become perpetual traffic famous for about 10 or 15 seconds although this is this banter section has gone on long enough i'm putting an end long to it enough i'm putting an I end to it right now because we need yeah. to get into the content here from a hack <laughs> that's right <laughs> i'm gonna cut off the hack and we're gonna go to the antithesis of a hack we're very excited to have Probably, you know, one of our, I would say, favorite, well, definitely the most guest uh, uh, host on Perpetual Traffic. Uh, the most guest The host. most guest host. Is that even like a thing? The, the, but the host with the most. The host with the most. She is the social cosmonaut of stellar communication at Tier 11. Uh, we've got Angela Ponsford waiting in the virtual green room here. 
to talk today about Instagram and all the things that are going on over there as well as what's working now because we haven't done what's working now in quite some time and great to have her back so before we get into today's conversation just thank you for leaving positive reviews for us like i said we will leave them uh read them on the air leave your ratings wherever you listen to podcast uh and we're going to be getting into the conversation with angela in just one second so stick around we'll get to the interview after this quick break you're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are here with, well, Angela, you've got so many different uh, titles at Tier 11. The Mistress of CX, Social Traffic Controller, uh, the Social Media Sith Lord, I think is uh, one of the best ones. I mentioned the uh, Social Cosmonaut of Stellar Communication, Angela Ponsford. Welcome back to Perpetual Traffic. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Good to be here. Are you good at taking uh, constructive feedback and criticism like uh, Kasim is? I'm better than I used to be. I've learned over the many years of <laughs> having it. Yeah, I, I think it's, and we talked about this before we hit record, I, our jobs entail dealing with customer and thorny customer issues. And sometimes you feel like you get beaten up a little bit uh, out there, like doing what we're doing, like in the, you're in a service sector. Costum uh, does the same thing with his agency. Our job is to create customer success and, and, or in our case, we really aim for customer delight. Mm. That's the focus this year in 2022 is delight. And you head up the, you're the vice president of customer success, which means you handle at all, mm-hmm. like from the dev people, the creative folks, our conversion architecture crew, as well as media buying. So you're seeing it day in and day out and uh, managing millions in spend here. So obviously great to have you on the show to share that expertise. But 
yeah, sometimes it's tough because things have been challenging the last six to nine months on the Facebook and Instagram platform. And uh, we got some, we got some interesting things that you've been seeing firsthand, not only just on Instagram, but just in general and what's been working on the Facebook platform. One of the big things that we've done a, a fair amount of testing with is a new type of ad called conversion lead ads. And also some of the things that we're seeing on Instagram are super interesting right now. So, uh, what do you want to attack first? You want to go after the conversion lead ads or you want to talk a little bit more generalized Instagram stuff? Yeah, let's maybe do the conversion lead ads. And I think that conversation came about because the, I've seen quite a few of these types of ads now on Instagram and I've been scrolling through Instagram and they do make for a really nice experience. So, um, yeah, let's do them first and then we can kind of talk more general Instagram things. So the conversion lead ads, they are a relatively new objective, a relatively new type of ad that you can uh, run on Facebook and Instagram. Now, these are based on the, the lead gen ads. So they've been around for a while on Facebook and Instagram. So, you know, interchangeable. They are basically where you are collecting leads within the platform. So instead of running a, a conversion, a website conversion campaign where you're taking someone to a landing page and they're becoming a lead by signing up for whatever you've got for offer on there. The lead gen ads happen within the platform. So the theory from Facebook has always been it's happening in the platform. There's less friction. You're going to get more leads and it's going to be better overall for your business. The problem with these ads, though, has always been, yes, you get more leads because there's less friction. And yes, they're generally cheaper or often cheaper than if you're taking someone to a landing page. But the quality has always been always been poorer than okay. it, yeah than if you're taking someone to your landing page and they're signing up and i think what probably one of the main reasons for that is the fact that there's less friction it's so easy to, to just so go easy. yeah like hey oh yeah i want that and often it will autofill so whatever email address you used for facebook or instagram it will autofill with that that's not always the same email address you're you're using so th there's there's several reasons that they've never never really produced the quality of leads that people are after, certainly not in the direct response uh, business. Uh, I mean, I know myself, I, I saw a conversion lead ad on Instagram one morning, you know, I wake up at ridiculous hours so that I can get on and, and talk with the team. So I think it was like quarter to four in the morning and I was on Instagram and it was something I really wanted. Like I was like, oh, I really want that. I clicked on it and it was so seamless. And then about an hour later, I was or two hours later, I was like, what was that thing I signed up for? And I couldn't find it in my email anywhere. <laughs> right, like, right. You know, I shouldn't have been right. going on it when I first woke up, but there's the lesson mm -hmm. there. But, you know, it's so there's seamless. shiny object at 4 a.m. Like, like, I want that thing. It. I want that PDF. And I forgot and I couldn't find it. So, yeah, it's too seamless. So, anyway, this new ad type is called a conversion lead ad. And basically that is saying it's the same, exactly the same setup and process that it happens within the platform. But Facebook are saying they you they are using other conversion data to f that feeds back in and then is giving you more qualified leads. So well, that's the theory, and that that's what Facebook are telling us. So and I just let, yeah. me, let me interrupt just there. So on these ads, if you get inform the listeners about like it pre-populates with that email still. Yes, there there's any, still autofill. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it looks kind of the same. From a UX perspective, like as you're seeing it in your newsfeed, as a 
the old lead, I always call them lead ads. I guess they're yep. gen ads, but, yeah. um, but they're different. And oddly enough, this sort of came out from, we were going back like, when did these actually start appearing? And it was the summer of last year, which is keep stuff on platform. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's this iOS 14 thing that's coming out and they didn't really know exactly how that was going to shake out. So it makes sense because the idea of a lead ad is a great thing, but and we've run, I would say, you know, millions of dollars in lead ads through the years. But the point was, is it was always just sort of crappy. It's like my, yeah. my, my idiot brother emailing me using my Gmail email from like 17 years ago. Yes. Thinking like, why aren't you getting my emails? I'm like, dude, I haven't used that since I was like 20, mm-hmm. which is, as Cosm knows, that was like 70 years ago. So <clears throat> anyway, four <laughs> pandemics ago. <laughs> so lead ads, lead conversion ads has got the conversion element. So what makes them different and what has Facebook told us about this, this new objective that would lead to higher quality? Yeah. So what Facebook has told us, well, what, they, what they've told us up front was obviously, you know, we we have a great relationship with our partner manager, but we still get the pitch for the new products and for, you know, trying the new products. So it, it was, these are a much, they're going to give you a much better quality of lead. You should absolutely be trying them, particularly for some of our clients that are are very much focused on lead gen uh, rather than taking people straight to a per- per- purchase. So, yeah, we were, you know, keen to try them as well because, yeah, if, if it's a new product and especially with iOS, you want to get more signals in the platform. You're not losing information when people are, are going off site. So, yeah, we wanted to try them. So we have tried them for a couple of our clients now and we've got some additional information through from Facebook, which I don't know if it's if it's kind of out there are certainly not easy to find. It's certainly not something that we were aware of before we were running them. And so the premise is that, yes, you're still optimizing for the lead, but Facebook is then using other data that like purchase data or initiate checkout, other event data that is happening on your website, matching it back to the people that have become leads and then using that conversion data to feed the algorithm and then drive a more qualified lead based on the multiple events that are happening after they become a lead. So that's the premise of them. Got it. Yeah. So a secondary conversion event will indicate, will send a signal back to Facebook that says, this is a higher quality yes. lead. It's a bit, it, which actually makes sense. I think when we were talking about it pre-record, it was like, why would they do that? But actually it does make sense yep. because if there's no secondary action, it's probably a junk lead. And it's probably like you. The, you like know, the old lead ads. Yeah. To- right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, like for example, say you've got a hundred leads coming through and 10 of them subsequently went on and purchased that te- the information on that 10 obviously taken into account iOS and anything that you know people have opted out of but the information from that 10 will feed back in and then Facebook is continuously learning all right so those 10 were the ones that purchased let's go find more like those 10 and not like the 90 that didn't purchase so got it yeah got it's it. interesting because you have to you have to spend to be successful mm-hmm. now and that wasn't always true. Like I remember Facebook early, and Angela, correct me if, if I'm wrong, but Facebook was interesting because the minute you saw that spark, it felt like it exploded. It was like, let me, you know, Facebook needed to find the audience, and then it, and then you saw one or two, three conversions, and then all of a sudden the campaign took off. And now it's this this kind of slow ramp where if you don't spend enough, you're stopping three feet from gold. Like you're just spending enough to piss yourself off. You have to like reach critical mass. Yeah which is, it's, it's a big change for a lot of advertisers. And I just want to say that out loud because I think people need to know 
you have to feed the machine. That doesn't mean that it's going to make it work, but it, it definitely won't work if you don't feed it. Yeah, hundred percent. And and then this is exactly the, this additional information like absolutely corroborates what you're saying it's so true so the additional information we've now had from uh direct from facebook is that there has to be a certain amount of let's call it a purchase event you know it could be an initiate checkout it could be anything that's higher than a lead event you know you know Mm -hmm. but let's say purchase there has to be a certain conversion rate to the purchase and there has to be a certain amount and so the conversion rate they've quoted us is between three and 40%. So it's a big range, but basically you need to get a minimum of 3% of those leads converting to purchase for that data to then start feeding through. And there has to be a minimum of 50 purchases before it will start feeding. And so now for for a lot of people might say, oh, that's easy, you know, to get 3% of my leads to convert to purchase, that's fine. But we have to remember that this type of ad is inherently delivering poorer quality leads than, you know, we've seen that across multiple clients. So, and it doesn't start using that conversion data until those minimum requirements have been met. So mm-hmm. essentially it is just the old style lead gen ads until this other conversion data start, starts feeding back and starts getting used. So it's really important people understand that. And that's super interesting. We found this from not our partner manager, but through an account manager on one of our accounts. Yes. Right? Yeah, that was a, an account okay. manager. I think we were actually, because there is a little bit more technical setup with these where you have to link the CRM, you have to directly link the CRM uh, and then you know feed in it through with Zapier, I believe. And so there's a little bit more tech setup so that you get that extra information coming back. So let me just summarize this. So you you got use lead conversion ads and you get a hundred conversions in a week, seven days, whatever it happens to be. Ad set level, I assume all this rolls back up to the ad set level. Yep. You know, for optimization. Mm-hmm. Um and your secondary event after leads is purchase, or maybe it's you know, let's just say purchase yep. for the sake of argument. So you would need 50 purchases from those 100 leads in that week in order for the conversion lead ads to optimize? Yes. Or, okay. So it's the secondary events the second, that you really care about the most. Yes. If you want to optimize, I mean, it was still optimized for the leads, yep. for the le- but it won't start kicking in and optimize for that additional conversion, higher quality leads until you hit that threshold. So that's a very specific subset of advertisers, unless you're getting leads for, I mean, you need a substantial amount of, of spend probably, especially for purchases just in general. Yeah. But I mean, this, this does not sound like the type of objective for every business. I mean, where would you, where would you use this? I guess. So just yeah. thinking about it just uh, theoretically, I guess if, you know, if you just thinking about it mathematically and going back to what Kasim was saying is, you know, so say you were getting say a 3% conversion rate from your leads to purchase and you need to have like say a minimum of the 50 purchases for a, for it to, to work back. So from a purely mathematical level, now been put on the spot, you'd have to be getting <laughs> a lot. Well, so at see. least a, a thousand, thousand <laughs> at least a thousand leads. 30. Yeah. In a, in a seven a day period, considering that you've got that yeah. seven day attribution now. So you, so you have to be spending. These would be 30. Yeah. So you'd be, have to be spending at least whatever your cost per lead is. So let's say it's 1200 yep. leads. At, yeah. It's probably maybe 1400. Yep. 
say just say you know, a couple of dollars per lead. Yeah, it, it, it's unknowable. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's over a thousand dollars. Put it that way, a week on lead gen to be able to get that information to feed back through. And that's that's a. a I don't think that's a crazy off base lead to purchase percentage either. No. About 3% wouldn't be bad. I mean, if you can get a one to 3% conversion rate to purchase just in general off cold traffic, that's usually pretty good. Yeah. It's a good starting point. At least that's our starting point. We do conversion architecture and things like that. So 3% is not completely crazy. I mean, but if you get a 5% conversion rate, all of a sudden we know specifically, yeah, you're going to need your hundred leads, 5% purchase conversion rate. You're going to need yeah, uh, a thousand leads, yeah. a thousand leads, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was doing that math right in my head. Yeah. And we need a whiteboard. I know. Something like that inside Riverside, but no. Okay. So that's, that's good to know. So, I mean, if you're thinking about this, you're like, all right, should I use conversion lead ads? Do some of this math in your head. Yeah. Otherwise it just becomes a regular lead ad, right? Cause you don't have that secondary optimization. Yeah. Otherwise it just becomes that, you know, that lead gen ad and you might be better off using a website conversion campaign, taking them to your, to your landing page. So we've been, we've been testing both, uh, so, you know, we've, we do have some, some data on that. We were testing both. We were getting a similar lead cost for both the website okay. and for the lead, the conversion lead. But we were website conversions yep, versus the conversion leads. Lead conversion. Yep. Right. But then conversion we were leads. still seeing the purchases coming through on the website conversion one, but not the conversion lead. So interesting. And that's when we, you know, we started digging deeper because luckily we do have that support of Facebook. We do have that direct contact. So we're able to ask those questions and show them what we're seeing and, you know, try and get some answers from them. So it, it's been really interesting to try it. Uh, and yeah, you know, obviously like if you're spending enough and you you might get super leads, you might already be getting sale leads for 50 cents, whatever. You know, there are some people out there that still apparently get super, super cheap leads. If that's you and you, you know, you think you can get enough conversions through, by all means, test it and you've got the budget. But you, it's fair, it's pretty important to be aware of how they actually work and what this what the Facebook algorithm is using to, to make those decisions. Angela, I have a bad idea. <laughs> And I'm just curious as to whether or not you think it would work. If you're having a hard time reaching the 50 threshold, and generally that might just be low spend accounts. If you want to juice the algo, could you take the 50 most viable leads anecdotally? So let's say, hey, you know, I didn't get enough deals to close, but I, I actually really thought like this one should have landed, this one's on the pipe, this one I'm going to fall back up in 90 days, et cetera. And so I, I, I take up to 50 and then use offline conversions in order to spike that in because I want, hmm. I'm basically lying to Facebook because I want more. Sure. Of what I got. Yeah. And it's a really good question. It's not a terrible idea. It doesn't have to be a purchase event for the, for the clients that we were running these ads for, there was no other event between the lead and the purchase. But if you've got oh, wow. like, you could use a view content, you know, so you could, if it's, if it's seeing a view content event and feeding that back in, that would still also work to feed the algorithm more information and um, all it's really looking for is that user id taking a secondary action yeah definitely because all you all we are on facebook and instagram are user ids really with yeah data and everything else but they're just looking for that okay so user id gobbledygook numbers you know lead he's a lead but now oh he visited this site and fired a page view event yeah or view content i looked at a product or whatever it happens to be yeah 
the 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 one thing I'm not hundred percent sure on is I don't think you specify what that event is. So you know, I think it it's literally is just picking up on additional signals. And you know, this was one of the one of the issues with this client we we're running them for that there's no other signal. It was a later purchase. That was it. There was no other right. there's no other events on their website. But if you can use offline conversion act, what's you cool about that is if you have you know, especially if you're, you're if you're CRM friendly and your sales team is using the CRM well. Mm. You could actually maybe direct the the wind. Yes. And and what I mean by that is you decide like, hey, I really like, you know, let's go narrow down the leads that we like and let's go tell Facebook we want more of these leads. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be very intentional. That's it. Yeah. No, I, I think that would that I think that would work. It would definitely be worth trying. Hundred percent. Well, this has been great. I mean, so far we've really delved pretty deep into conversion lead ads here. And when we get back from this break, we'll get into really what's working now on Instagram and a lot of really super insightful things that Angela's found through our team to get you the best results possible on the Instagrams. We'll be right back after this quick break. I'm still getting used to these. Like, where's that thing? I did summary. Then I did teaser. <laughs> then oh, I hope Hector keeps that little soundbite and uses it somewhere. That was amazing. <laughs> Oh, Hector's going to use this, I'm sure. Yeah. Custom yeah. just seems very sad today. It's mm. like I just I just want to give you a big hug. I really do. <laughs> I'm I'm going to be fine. You're good. All right, welcome back to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. We are still here with I'm going to use a different name this time for Angela because there's just so many good ones. Uh, head of CX and internationally recognized leader of invisible wallpaper. I like that one. That's you, Ange. That's a pretty darn good. Who, man, we got to give like more shout outs to the people who come up with these names. But anyway, that's a really good one. Um, let's get into what's working now uh, for Instagram. There's a lot of interesting things going on right now. You, we talked a little bit about uh, the value of boosted posts versus conversions, as well as the importance of page. Like there's a lot of interesting insights that we've gleaned over the course of the last probably six to nine months since we last really focused on Instagram here on the show. What can you tell us? Where would you like to start? Yeah, it's the question we get. We don't get it a lot, I would say from clients, but we, we get it, uh, you know, periodically, like I want to focus more on Instagram. I want to focus more ad spend there. And it's a tough one. It's a tough Instagram's, I would say it's a tough nut to crack from a paid media standpoint. So I'll, I'll, some of the things that we'll talk about will kind of maybe make that statement, you know, kind of corroborate that statement. But one of the biggest challenges now since iOS is that you can't see that placement breakdown directly in Facebook Ads Manager. So prior to iOS, it was really easy to go in and see, you know, where's Facebook allocating my spend? What does the performance look like on Instagram versus Facebook? Now, based on that information, I think probably quite a few years ago, you know, we would be like, yeah, great, it's doing really well on Instagram. Let's put more spend there. Now, that's a classic. It, it, it doesn't always work like that. It rarely works like that because the minute you start forcing more spend onto Instagram, the performance goes down. So it's always been a challenge to navigate that. You know, it's all to do with how the algorithm works. It sees opportunities. If it sees an opportunity, if you're running to Facebook and Instagram at the same time, it's going between the two. There's an opportunity here on Facebook, but oh, here's an opportunity on Instagram. So that's the general way the algorithm works. You're getting the best 
results based on the algorithm's ability to shift between different placements and different times. So when you force spend onto Instagram, you often end up with worse results than you get with the combined placements. So that's always been a tough one to navigate when we're running ads for clients. But certainly this year we've had... um, well, you know, in the past six months, a couple of, you know, of our larger accounts really specifically wanting to focus on Instagram because they believe that their audience is there. And that's true, their audience is there. And you'd actually be surprised at how little there is online about specifically Instagram advertising. Like I've Mm. gone down a massive rabbit hole of, you know, Aston, you know, various industry Facebook groups that I'm in, you know, there's very little about it. And I think it is because it's, it's, it's hard to separate out from Facebook. So I just want to, I want to caveat that before we talk about these things on Instagram, that I wouldn't recommend that you go all in only advertising on Instagram, unless you have historically had success doing that when you can easily see the results in Facebook ads manager. It's, it's definitely more challenging to see those results. Now you have to uh, some of the third-party tools will give you that insight as to where the ad dollars are going. But it's um, and you can use UTMs. You know, you can you can look at it in Google Analytics. You can do it, but it's certainly not as easy to do it in Facebook Ads Manager anymore. So I want to caveat that. Mm. Sure. Cool. Um, so some of the th- I just want to talk through some of the things I guess that we've been talking about with with some of the the, the clients that have asked for IG ads. Uh, one of the first things is you know what is your goal? What what do you really want to achieve by focusing more on Instagram? And something I hear very often is you know I want to get more followers on Instagram. I want to grow grow my Instagram account so I've got more followers uh, because in their head that therefore tra- then translates to more people seeing my stuff and then more people converting. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't always or it doesn't often work like that. And I think with Instagram, there's never been that option to get more followers. So there's never been the equivalent of the Facebook like campaign. You know, that was not that I'm saying you should use Facebook like campaigns or that they were ever a great idea. But, you know, there was that option there. If you wanted to get more people to like your page, you literally could run the objective of getting people to like your page. The closest thing you can get on Instagram is view profile and even that, you have to set that up from within the Instagram app. That is not an available objective for you to set up from within Ads Manager. So if you are thinking of doing that, and we have done this recently for a client, and you know we did increase, we were, we were tracking the amount of spend we were getting, we were tracking you know the, the clicks through to the profile, and then we were tracking you know the numbers, how the followers were going up. Now, that's not a direct comparison because obviously she was gaining organic followers at the same time. But, you know, it's these are some of the challenges of, you know, trying to focus on just increasing your followers on Instagram. There's ways you can kind of get around it, but just being aware of, of what the limitations are on Instagram advertising. So always think about what your goal is with Instagram advertising. Is it that you want followers or is it that you want people to convert? I think most people that are listening they want people to convert. They want people to buy from them. I mean, the the more followers, I mean, it's it was always a vanity metric, but I think it's 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 still a valid custom audience. I mean, it's still it's it's a valid audience that's a warm audience. So, I mean, there is some merit to that. Yeah, t- um, that's a really good point. So this is going to sound annoying, and I don't mean for it to get cyclical, but I think it's a valid audience only if it's a valid audience. And what I mean right. by that is. In Instagram or in all social channels, it's really easy to get followers cheap, but it's sure. hard to get 
or not hard. I think the trick is getting the quality followers and maybe even reverse engineering that. So if you, Correct. and I guess what I, this is really more of a question than a statement. Is there a way to figure out who it is that's converting and then hone in on those people, broaden your, your, your target and, and aim at followers now, like a one, two punch? Let's really, can, can I just, just clarify what you're asking? So you're asking like with the IG followers, can you link them? Is there a way to link them back the, um, the purchasers, similar to what we were talking about, about the conversion lead ads. That's yeah, exactly. It like, mm-hmm. hey, Instagram, these are the people that are buying from me. I want a new campaign targeting those people, but now my goal is let's go get followers. Yeah, that's it. Maybe even custom yeah. audiences. Like you could take your, you know, you can create custom audiences of people who've engaged with your your insta your Instagram posts or ads. You can create right. audiences of people who've visited your profile, so you can create those audiences. So yeah, it would make sense that if that information is, I do, I don't think you can go as far though as to create. Well, you can't go as far as to create an audience of Instagram followers that have purchased. The mm. the challenge with yeah, I'm just you know, so I'm just working through it in my head. Like you know, you would have to have an e- you'd have that's the problem. You'd have to have an email address mm. to link okay. it back. Maybe maybe we maybe that's an investigation, and then we can report back in a, a future episode. Dig deep on audiences. I think that'd be mm. super cool. I yeah, there's something. In yeah, there definitely. That, you know, well, there is a way to create a an audience from your Instagram people who meet any of the criteria. Like there are ways if you go into audiences, there is a way in which you can manipulate or at least create audiences. I mean, these are warm ish audiences, Yeah, you know, people who have engaged in, you know, your Instagram. Like, yeah. I suppose there is that, is that the question? No, no. It's always been. There. I th- yeah. I think Kasim was asking then linking it back to taking certain events, but yeah, you, you actually, yeah, you can create that. I suppose that uh, someone who's engaged on Instagram and also the purchase event, you should still be able to create that audience within you're in there right now. Yeah. Oh, that's the answer. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So you take the audience that's, that's taken that event and the event is the purchase yeah. event. And now you turn that campaign into find me followers. Find me people. Yeah. That look like that. That's really cool. Mm. That's you cracked the code there. We'll, we'll double yeah. check that. Who are purchasers, yeah. but also yep. are engaged with, with your Instagram. Yep. Man, I'd almost rather have, not rather, but, it's interesting because I, and we've talked about this before. I feel like I feel like the new paradigm needs to be community building, because traffic as a faucet is really dangerous, and it's it's harder mm. now to just turn turn the faucet on. But if you can build a community now, you you're not at the mercy of of updates and algo changes and machine learning. You just go to the community, and if you can, you know, if there's a way to do what Angela just said, which is isolate who in the community is actually going to buy from you, and then pay to build that community up with relevant folks. I mean, even if you end up having a pay to market to that community, like, hey, you know, boost this just to people that have liked my page or followers or whatever, uh, I just think that's so much more viable. I know it takes longer, but you're also taking yourself out of the running of this this horrible, you know, Coliseum esque fight where I have to I have to battle for every view that I get. Now I'm I'm marketing in a silo. Exactly what you're saying. Like that's the kind of like the omnipresence strategy that you know Scott Olford has been talking about for you know, for a long time, but you're, you're absolutely right. And particularly for Instagram, that that's, 
that's one of the keys. It's who who are your warm audience, you know, and they're probably not organically seeing your posts. You know, everybody's talking about the organic reach being down on Instagram and posts just not getting, not hitting the what same. What is it? It's like 3%, it's, right? It's ridiculous now, you know, the, the, yeah. the amount. I see posts all the time, people talking about it. But yeah, it's how can you show relevant con- content at the right time to the people that are already engaged with you? And I think that's a... Yes, people do it. People retarget. But I think we lose that focus sometimes in the DR world where we're so focused mm. on, I want this action. Bottom yes, of the funnel. Need the I want that. Yeah. And, mm. you know, it goes back to what, we, you know, we, we've, we talked about this, and you know, previously, like Ralph and I, you know, we talked about it for, for years, like about that, how that organic presence, and it's maybe not just organic, but it's the content that's not driving an action, how that then indirectly affects the the cost of your ads and the price of the conversion and you know it affects everything it's it's it is a whole Mm -hmm. ecosystem and we forget that sometimes this has been great thank you for uh coming back perpetual traffic it seems like it's been a long time since we've had Ange on here uh you've even cheered up uh young Kasim here Uh, he seems a little bit yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you know do Kasim a favor and and subscribe and leave a rating a positive maybe just a five star just for him just like he'd probably be happy with two stars He'd be, well, it's a step up, apparently. <laughs> so it's a, yeah. it's a data-driven increase. Data, exactly. It's a hundred percent increase. What more could you ask right. for? You're doubling your right. star rating. Uh, so leave a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, I think iTunes podcast. Like we're everywhere right now, and uh, we everywhere. We've been, and we want to get better. Yeah, we want to get better. So where can people tell us to get better? Aside from comments on uh, itunes podcast <laughs> if, if you're not interested in lashing me publicly you can go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better and and it's an anonymous survey so if you if you have constructive criticism or improvement opportunities or topics that you want to hear about in the future other thought leaders y'all ryan dice has a hell of a rolodex yeah. and we can go beg him to beg other people to, to head over here to perpetual traffic so let us know perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better yeah. let us know what we do well where we can improve and other topics you want to hear about. Absolutely. And today's show was a direct result of that, if I'm not mistaken. So listening to your feedback here, uh, very helpful. Perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Of course, you can go back and listen to previous episodes. We're over at perpetualtraffic.com. You know, uh, we're no longer, well, I guess we are still on digitalmarketer.com. But if you really want to get the goods, and there's all kinds of goodies over there, head on over to perpetualtraffic.com. We'll leave links to all the references we made here in the show notes for this episode. Head on back over to uh, perpetualtraffic.com. And on behalf of my awesome uh, co-host, Kasim Aslam, until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic, 